Pastor Stephen Brooks, and I am so happy that you're joining me on today's program and in which we are going to study the apostolic ministry. And before we jump into this fascinating subject material, let us first receive the holy tithes and offerings, and let's bring them into the storehouse of God. I've got one verse for you to build up your faith for your finances. I believe this will be very beneficial in your life. And this verse is Mark 11, verse 23. And Jesus said, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So this, this one verse can have tremendous effect in your finances, but you have to work the verse according to what Jesus said, because the verse said, the word of the Lord said, whoever says to this mountain, the mountain representing your problem, your difficulty, your challenge, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whatever it might be, here's where a lot of Christians miss it. Instead of talking to the mountain, they're talking to God about their mountain. Do do you catch the difference? What they're doing is they're saying, Lord, please help me with this mountain. Lord, please help me with this problem. <laughs> and they're, they're talking to the Lord over and over about the mountain. Lord, I, I just want you to know the mountain hasn't gone away. Lord, have you noticed my mountain hasn't moved? And so instead of speaking to the problem, they are just constantly day after day, week after week, talking to the Lord about the mountain. So what you need to do is you have to very carefully follow the instructions. And the Lord said, speak to the mountain. Now that's something that we have to do where you really just talk to that mountain in your life and you say, get out in the name of Jesus. You can't stay any longer. Look, whether it's uh, a, a financial problem, a debt problem, whether it's a problem with cancer or sickness, you just have to say mountain of sickness get out of my life. Cancer, get out of my body. You cannot stay in my body. You know, I've heard so many testimonies. Uh, how can I say? Not really testimonies, more like stories of people sharing how they they were disappointed in God. The, these would be like testimonies of things that didn't work out. In other words, they would say, well, you know, we were praying and praying for so-and-so to be healed, and so-and-so was a Christian, and we were praying and praying that God healed the person, and the person died, and so we don't understand it. Uh, did God just choose for some reason to let that person not be healed, or did God choose to not answer our prayers? But if you dig deeper, and you personally ask that person a question, talking about the one that gave the tes testimony that we prayed and prayed that God heal them and they, they were never healed. If you dig a little deeper and you ask them, hey, concerning the person that you are praying for, that person, did you ever hear that person stand up and talk to their mountain and say, cancer, get out of my body? Well, uh, no, Pastor Stephen, we never heard the person do that. Okay, well, we're not going to try to unravel every reason why things don't always work out, but that's one of the first places I would look. 
because a lot of times people, they, they don't know how to use their own authority. They don't know how to use the scriptures. The word of God can be used as a tool, just as a plumber can grab a wrench or a screwdriver mechanic can do the same thing and you can use those tools to fix problems you can take the word and fix problems in your life but a lot of people don't do that and so they just fall back to like i sure hope y'all pray for me y'all pray for me because if you don't i'm I'm gonna die and then people pray and maybe the person still never gets a victory maybe they die but they never work the word themselves and i know people that are perishing financially I'm talking even Christians. It's like always their nose is below the water line. And of course, you get below the, you get into the water, uh, it's very difficult to breathe. And if you can't breathe, you drown. And so there's a lot of Christians, they're, they're just like in perpetual drowning mode. Why? They never speak to the mountain. They never say, debt, get out of my life. In Jesus' name, you'll, you'll never see them doing stuff like that. But they will just, hey, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. They'll do that continually. Lord, have you noticed the problem's still there? Lord, help me. But see, my friends, if you really want to begin to experience victory, you're going to have to take the word and work it. And one of the great scriptures that you can work in your life is Mark eleven twenty three. For surely I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, not talk to God about the mountain. There is a place you talk to him about it initially. You say, Lord, how do I attack this? How do I deal with this? Lord, help me. Okay, the Lord takes you to Mark eleven twenty three. Okay, so what you now need to do is not just keep talking about the problem. The more you talk about your trouble, the greater it will appear in your mind. You can turn a mountain. Uh, you know, let me say it like this. You can turn something small that might be a hill into a mountain. And the more you talk trouble, the more you talk your problem, the more you talk about how bad things are, the the more on the negative side you go and you will get your you'll get yourself into a place where you've completely talked yourself out of faith and now you're in doubt, now you're in unbelief. You don't you don't believe God can help you, you don't believe God will help you. But my friends, you must begin to work the word and speak life into your situation praise God. If you don't have a job and you're putting out applications because faith has work and you're putting out applications, your confession must be, your your voice to the mountain must be, unemployment, get out of my life. I command a good job to come forth in the name of Jesus. I will stay unemployed no longer. And of course, you're making that confession as you're out looking, as you're seeking online for that good job, as you're putting in uh, resumes, making phone calls. I'm, I'm telling you, you must be willing to work the word. Praise God. Speak to the mountain. Get, tell that pain in your body, that lingering pain. Tell it to get out. I mean, I mean, you must talk to it. You must talk to your mountain. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but I'm, I think you, uh, if you'll consider it, you will notice it. The mountain will talk to you. Oh, absolutely it will. That mountain will say, I'll never leave your life. The, uh, you'll wake up and the mountain's talking to you. Oh, Pastor Stephen, they're just inanimate objects. N- no, they're not. These these things have a voice. These things have a voice. And, and, and they'll say, we'll never leave. So you must speak to the mountain because I'll guarantee you it'll talk to you. But you must speak to it and say, mountain, get out of my life, get out of my body, get out of my family, get out of my finances, whatever it might be. Learn to talk to your mountain. And as you do, you will really discover you'll tap into that authority that is in you 
in Christ as a believer. Okay, so let's do it right now. If you have any debt in your life, in your business, in your, uh, and I know some debt, uh, I I understand there's a difference between bad, toxic debt and, you know, debt that you can manage and you can make your payment, okay? I understand that. Uh, But ideally, you know, it'd be nice not to have any debt at all, right? But let's just deal so that we're all on the same page with any type of toxic debt. Really, anything that would be a credit card, you know, that thing needs to leave your life. I'm not saying that get rid of your credit cards because it's very difficult today to function in this society without having a credit card. Try buying an airline ticket without a credit card. Uh, very difficult to do. I know that you can have a, a uh, ATM debit card, and, and you can could, you could pull it off with that. But even still, it's good to have a, uh, some plastic on you. You need that. But you don't need toxic debt. So right now, let's speak to debt. I want you to do this. And just say this after me. Say debt, and let's address it. Say credit card debt. Be paid off. In the name of Jesus, get out of my life. Praise God. Whether it's $200, $2,000, or $10,000, or whatever it might be. So you have to talk to your debt. You have to command it to leave. Why? It's a mountain. Look, if there's anything that's a mountain, it's, it can be debt. So that is one tactic among many that you can use a tool to dismantle your mountain and just really turn it in, uh, turn it into nothingness. Get it completely out of your life. You could dismantle sickness, lupus, cancer. Any, you, you could talk to it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Talk to your heart condition. Uh, you, you, can do, you can use your voice. God has given you tremendous authority. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now do this. Say, I speak life. Come on, say this. Say, I speak life over my finances, over my bank accounts, over my checkbooks, over my financial situation. I speak life. I say that I have savings. I say I have storehouses. I say that I'm blessed. Praise God. See, that, that's how you do it. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Glory to God. Glory to God. So that's just one little verse that you can use. Now, endeavor to do that every day. Praise God, where you're speaking life over your finances, and you will begin to see the turnaround. Don't speak defeat. Don't say things like, well, I, I, I don't think it's working. Don't, don't do that. Don't pull off your assignment of moving that mountain. Don't give the mountain ammunition. No, you use ammunition against it, and you can move it out of your life. Jesus said you could. Okay, so just stay on it. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I, I just feel like I'm in a spot where I feel weak. I feel, I feel weak in my faith. Okay, don't say anything. Because as long as you don't say anything, you're not going to utter anything negative. So if you have moments like that, just speak the language of silence. Praise God. Okay, then get back in your uh, back in the Word. Uh, build yourself up in your faith, and then uh, just continue to speak good things. Always speak good things over your finances. Praise God. Hallelujah. And watch God begin to turn it. Watch God begin to turn it. Watch the angels begin to work with your words. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for your people. Bless them. Let their finances always be in the positive and way over in the positive in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. 
So exciting. The Word of God is so exciting. There's a solution to every difficulty we might be facing. Your words have power. All right. If you want to mail in your tithes and offerings, you want to use the format of the good old trusty mail system, please send your tithes and offerings to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456. Again, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina. Our zip code here, 28117. If you would like to bring them in safe and secure immediately through the convenience of the internet, you can do so by visiting the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There on the front, on the homepage, is a link called Tithes and Offerings. And you can go there any time of the day or night and bring your tithes and offerings into the ministry storehouse, which enables us to continue to preach the gospel around the world. And I see your storehouses filled up. I'm talking about your personal savings, your surplus savings. Hallelujah. You always need to have a savings for your Israel tour. That way, when we go to Israel, you can go with us. That's why you need to have storehouse savings so that you can respond to wonderful opportunities in life. Praise God. That's, that's, it all takes an overflow. It takes an overflow. That's why God wants you in positive cash flow. Woo! Feels good to say that. Hallelujah. Positive cash flow coming into your life. You're making wise financial decisions. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. Let's go over to 1 Kings chapter 18. And let's go to verse 44. And we want to talk today about the apostolic ministry. I feel, I feel like I'm in an apostolic mode today. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's talk about that today. And again, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 44. Praise God. Heavenly Father, let your Holy Spirit just come with wisdom and revelation. Let the eyes of our heart, our understanding, really be enlightened to understand the apostolic ministry and the blessing that it is, and how we can connect with it and receive the special blessing that flows from that ministry office. Father, we thank you for this in Jesus' name, and amen. Now, verse 44, then it came to pass the seventh time. This would be the seventh time that Elijah had prayed. And remember, it hasn't rained for three and a half years, but he's unlocking the heavens and he's praying that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand. Excuse me. This would be Elijah's servant reporting back to Elijah, his prayer results. They're looking on the radar for the prayer answer. And so it's coming initially comes in something that seems rather small. Uh, and the reporter said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Has it been a cloud in a long time, but the clouds coming, the rains are going to come and the drought, the three and a half year drought is over. Praise God. Now this is the prophet Elijah operating in a very, very powerful measure of the prophet's office. Praise God. 
You must understand that back in the Old Testament, all you had was one ministry office. Today we have five. You have the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And what you see here is a symbolic reference to the coming fivefold ministry, represented by the cloud that would appear like a man's hand. And so uh, this is really a blessing because back in the Old Testament, the prophet's ministry was very special. But the prophet's ministry is very different from an evangelistic ministry. The prophet's ministry is very different from a pastoral ministry. And so today we have the privilege of having all five ministry offices, and we can uh, take advantage of that. We can enjoy that. We can connect with that and experience more than just the prophet's ministry, symbolized here by the hand. And if you stop and think about it, uh, the hand, you know, with the thumb, the thumb would represent the apostle's ministry. The apostle uh, is unique in the sense that it very easily can touch all of the other ministry offices, not a strain. And sometimes an apostle wears multiple hats. The apostle can teach. The apostle can also shepherd. The apostle can be evangelistic in nature as well. And the, the apostle can also prophesy. But the apostle is very, very strong in what he does. And out of the five fingers, the thumb is the strongest finger on the hand. And then you have the pointing finger representing the prophet's ministry, the thus saith the Lord type ministry, usually represented uh, as one who declares the word of the Lord. And that's that's the pointing finger, uh, that representing the prophet's ministry. And then you have the longest finger on the hand uh, here in the middle representing the evangelistic ministry. And if you look on a global scale and also look throughout church history, many of the largest crowds come through the evangelistic outreaches. Why? Because mo most of the people in those crowds are lost. They are unsaved, and they respond to the gospel that is preached to them through the evangelist with that proclamation of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ and how they can receive forgiveness of sins and step into eternal life, uh, which is forgiveness of sins, being born again, and receiving the divine nature of Christ imparted into them. Glory to God. And so much of those large crowds, they come because of the ministry office of the evangelist. Now, right next to him, you have the pastoral ministry. And this is often uh, where the ring is war. Uh, whenever you have somebody married here in the Western part of the world, you usually put a wedding ring on this particular finger. And it's usually this finger uh, representing the shepherd's ministry that in a sense, the, the shepherd, the pastor is very close to the sheep. And, you know, if you're around sheep all day long, which shepherds are, then you're going you're to even smell like the sheep. You know how the sheep think, you know what the sheep need, and you can be a very good shepherd. So here we have symbolized the shepherd or the pastoral ministry. And then you come down here and you have the smallest finger on the hand. And this oftentimes can represent the teaching ministry. And the teaching ministry is still a full-time ministry office calling and is very effective because out of all the fingers, really the one that gets into your ear the easiest is the teaching ministry. And that has a lot to do with understanding the kingdom of God. Uh, so much of it is predicated upon teaching, teaching, 
And, uh, you know, if you hear a message one time, it's very helpful. If you replay that CD or listen to it again, whether it's on YouTube, wherever it might be, if you will just listen to it one more time afterwards, you will now retain three times more information. If you go even further and discuss what you heard with another person who had also listened to the message, now your understanding, your ability to grab the content uh, increases almost tenfold. So it's, it's fascinating. So there's a lot of repetition in teaching, and we need that. See, preaching is proclaiming. Proclaiming what? The good news of Christ and the message of the kingdom. But teaching is more explaining. So you have proclaiming, but you also must have explaining, because if it's not explained, you know, we're just all thinking, hey, that's uh, th that's pretty cool. Uh, we don't know what it means, but uh, sounds good. So let's get a teacher in here to explain it to us. And uh, th it proves very, very helpful. So I know sometimes uh, it seems the teaching ministry is not given the honor and the respect that it's due. But without the teacher, uh, you know, the church is not going to reach the the influence and the the understanding of what we're supposed to come into. So there will always, always, always be a, uh, a need for teachers because, look, if we get a whole wave of evangelism, let's say the evangelist is just functioning on all cylinders, and people are getting one to the Lord, left and right, receiving Christ as their Savior, you have all these people now coming into the kingdom of God who have never been taught anything about the Word of God. Where how, how are they going to learn? Teaching, teaching, teaching. And it is an ongoing experience until we go home to be with the Lord, because we're always learning. Praise God. So this is Old Testament types and shadows. Let's go to the New Testament substance and reality. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. And this is really where there's a lot of meat on the bones. You you get a good insight, a good understanding of the the foundation of these ministry gifts, when they were given, how they were given, and they are laid out very clearly to us right here. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. I do feel led of the Holy Spirit to emphasize today the apostolic ministry. I believe I believe there's something taking place with the with what the Lord is doing at this season at this time where you need that blessing of the apostle to be on your life okay you need to be connected some way some form with apostolic ministry because it is really the apostolic ministry that walks in more of an anointing as a spearhead. In other words, it's a breakthrough anointing on the apostolic ministry. And if you want to break into something new, and if you want to break into something that would be even out of the box that you believe could be done, but maybe it's never been done before, you really do need an apostolic blessing on your life. Remember, Paul told the church in Philippi, this would be Philippians chapter 1. If I'm correct, I think it's verse 7. He said, you are all partakers of my grace. Well, what grace would be that? The unique grace on his life as an apostle, okay? So he told them, because of your connection, your support of my ministry, your love of my ministry, uh, the appreciation and the connection that, that we have together, he said, you are all partakers of what God has placed and what God has put upon my life. So, um, I think there's something of the apostolic grace that God wants in your life that really I believe 
that if we don't connect somehow with all five of the ministry offices, something will be missing in our lives. And you need to understand that because there are a lot of denominations that uh, I'm talking with good Christians. They love the Lord where they will embrace the pastoral ministry. They will embrace the evangelist, but there is, there's really no teaching ministry at all going on. And there's no prophetic ministry. There are churches that never, ever have invited a prophet in to speak and minister to the people. They don't believe in the prophet's ministry. Uh, it's kind of like they, some of the, these denominations or ministries, they teach that the, the apostles and the prophets or supernatural type ministry has passed away. It all, it all ceased after the original 12 apostles died. Well, that's kind of like saying the presidency has ceased because George Washington died and then Abraham Lincoln later he died and really all the presidents have you know they've all passed away and no it's an ongoing office the Lord Jesus established these offices in the church and although the original 12 did die and although the early New Testament apostles as well eventually passed off the scene, including Paul himself. It doesn't mean that the apostolic office ceased to function. No, it's still functioning uh, incredibly well in the church. And so glory to God, you need, you need exposure to all five ministry offices. If you, if you don't have any of the prophetic flowing into your life, there will be a deficit somewhere in your life. If you have no contact with a prophet, with a prophet's ministry, um, I feel compassion for you because you're missing something very, very special. And if you don't have exposure to the apostolic, you also will miss something that Jesus put in the church. Think of it like this. If we pulled back the evangelist and said, we don't need the evangelist anymore. Okay. Now that's like taking Billy Graham off the evangelistic field. Now I know he's kind of old now. He's well into his nineties. He's retired. But what if you went back 40 years in time when he was at the peak of his ministry and you just pulled him off the evangelistic field and said, well, we don't need evangelists. You know, we can just all share the gospel. Look, we can all do our part, but don't you see that an evangelist is a supernatural ministry office? It's a divine calling, and Jesus put these people, these men and women in the church as evangelists, and they can get people saved just as easy as you can pop popcorn in a microwave. It, it is a supernatural office. So we can all evangelize. We can pass out tracts. We can one-on-one share uh, the, uh, the Lord with people, maybe even in a little bit of a larger format, but an evangelist is empowered by God to stand in a ministry office called the evangelist, and when they're in that office, they, they are, they are hell's worst nightmare because <laughs> they're pulling, they're, they're just pulling the nets and bringing in people left and right. But you also need the other four offices as well. And if you don't have the other four, there will be, there will be inadequacy. Praise God. That's probably the best way to say it. And there will also be 
perpetual immaturity as well. So let's take a look at it. Verse 8, therefore he says, when he, Jesus, ascended on high, this would be after his resurrection, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. It was literally while Jesus was going up to heaven, taking all of the Old Testament saints with him, okay, going up that he released these five ministry gifts into the church. And even the, the prophet's office today, is it's very different from what it was in the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament, the prophet could even lead and guide people because he could, he could give them the word and say, this is what you're supposed to do. And even people would go to the prophet to receive guidance. The prophet in the New Testament is, is different where today, anybody that's a Christian, anybody that's a believer has the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. So you can hear from God. You, you don't need to go to a minister to be told what to do. If a minister could do that, well, then you might end up going every single day. And then you're asking him, hey, not only give me a prophetic word, but, you know, show me which house to buy, show me which job to take, show me which person to marry, and on and on it would go. The person would never have a break, okay? So the Holy Spirit leads you and guides you as, as he lives on the inside. And the prophet's ministry can absolutely confirm what you're supposed to do. I mean, it's incredible how confirming good prophecy is. Hallelujah. But one of the things about me as far as the prophet's ministry is so many times when uh, people that are in the ministry and they're, they're just needing that support from God to kind of like, how can I say, validate or endorse them in their ministry, countless times the Holy Spirit gives me the exact name of what their ministry is. And I, I have no idea. Uh, they'll just ask me to pray for them, and my prayer turns into a prophetic blessing, and I'll start praying over them, and the Holy Spirit will give me the very name of their ministry. And it, it you know, it just lets them know that God, God knows, and it, it really is an endorsement from the Lord through me as his servant, and it, it just brings encouragement and great edification. So you need exposure to all five. I think when you understand a little bit more about the apostolic, you will also want to have an avenue connecting you as well to the apostolic. So he gave gifts to men. The five ministry offices are gifts. They are gifts that God gave to men, to the church, and also to the world. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I still remember the evangelist that won my heart over the Christ. I still remember the apostle that got me baptized in the Holy Spirit. Without him, I don't know where I would be. But he operated in apostolic ministry, and under his gifting under his anointing and grace, he led me into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, it was Jesus that filled me with the Holy Spirit, but it was his teaching and him laying hands on me that empowered me to come into that to receive what Jesus wanted me to receive, which was the baptism in the Holy Spirit, okay? that That's another element of the apostolic ministry. Now, let's jump into it. Verse 11, and he himself, this is Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. I've actually heard some people say, I'm talking about uh, people in the church, I've, I've heard some of them say we don't need the five 
fold ministry office because the body itself is able to do this. And that, my friends, is, is not true. Really, the Lord only calls maybe 15, maybe 12%, 12 to 15% of the church does he actually call into full-time ministry. It's kind of like back in the um, Old Testament. You had 12 tribes, but you also had, you had the, the priest and you had the Levites, okay? They are set apart to work in the tabernacle temple system and to do it full time. Now, everybody else, you can just choose your career, find your calling and do what you want to do. But the ministry calling is very unique in that sense. It is a call. And it's not, it's not like being called to be an astronaut or being called to be a dentist or being called to be a chemist. It's very different. Paul said, whoa, is me if I do not preach the gospel. Because if you don't preach it, it, it could be that, that if that calling is laid down, you know, there's no telling the devastating effects that would happen. Okay, so this is not like somebody failed to start a business. Uh, failing to go into ministry when God calls you could be disastrous, not just for yourself, but also all the others that would never hear because you didn't preach, because you didn't do what God called you to do. So it is a sacred office. Well, Pastor Stephen, what is the best thing that I could do? The best thing that you can do, the greatest calling and the greatest place for you to be and to do is just really to pray about it and do what God called you to do. Remember, uh, only about 15% get called into full-time ministry. But if you have a heart to serve, there's the helps ministry. Helps ministry being like the, the praise and worship team, the music team, and all of the other things, the guy running the, the audio and the video and the sound equipment, the person running the lights, uh, you know, uh, the ushers, you know, the parking lot attendants, all these types of things. So if you want to assist and help, there, there are plenty of things to do in the ministry of helps. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But you have to understand these are gifts. They are ministry gifts that Jesus has given to the church. He himself gave some to be apostles. Praise God. Well, what is an apostle? In the Greek, it basically is translated as a sent one, somebody who is sent out. And the New Testament original Greek, uh, it, it's not like the flowery, smooth-flowing KJV or some of the translations that are really kind of poetic in nature. Really, the original New Testament Greek was the common everyday language of the people during that time. And the word apostle was not a special word. It, it had already been in the Greek language for quite some time. You can even find it in classic Greek literature in, in the sense of somebody who's sent on an assignment, kind of like an emissary, somebody who is to carry a special message. So an apostle really in the basic format of what their job is, is they are a sent one. And that being sent by God can be in the element of being sent to a special place, maybe to a special people group, or maybe even to carry a special message. But the underlying thrust is that an apostle is sent by God. Now, it could be that that apostle is sent out with his main thrust and calling as a local apostle 
or the anointing could be stronger, where it could be a regional apostolic work, and that apostle has the ability to function and have great influence over that region or over that uh, over that area. And then you see some apostles, they have they have a greater grace in the effect where their ministry really is national. They have an apostolic voice that is heard nationally. And you have some, not all, but you have some apostolic ministers that even have an international or even global apostolic influence. That what they say and that what they do really is also reverberating on the other side of the planet. So it's very, very interesting that there can be uh, different levels of anointing, different levels of empowerment within the apostolic ministry. Praise God. Now, the apostle can go forth to various levels of locality, uh, all the way to a international or even a global type apostolic ministry. And oftentimes, you'll see a uniqueness in their message. For example, Smith Wigglesworth was an apostle of faith. He would always in a sense, talk about faith. Now, he may also teach on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And of course, he, he passed away decades ago. And he also would teach on the gifts of the Spirit. But it all had the underlying theme of faith. And so he taught on faith a whole lot because at that time, not a lot of believers knew how faith actually worked. They didn't know how to use their faith. So he was an apostle of faith. And so you have other apostles in the body of Christ that could be, in a sense, I, I know one gentleman I have on my mind right now, he would be considered an apostle of finances. And he teaches very, very well on financial matters, praise God. And he's a real blessing to the body of Christ in that area. So they can go with a special message, an apostolic message, praise the Lord. So Let's take a look at something interesting today, and this would be in Acts chapter 13. I want to jump over here and just share a few highlights about the apostolic ministry, because the apostolic ministry can take quite some time to develop, and it's very, very rare for somebody to be sent out initially into the apostolic ministry. Usually it's developed, and Everybody that I know today that's in apostolic ministry, and as I've studied church history, and as we also look at biblical pattern, it usually takes quite a few years of foundation, of development, before the Lord really endorses and places a person into what we know fully as the apostolic ministry. And you see this in Acts chapter 13. I, I feel I really need to show you this because you have to understand that apostles are not made overnight. They usually function in a different ministry office before God slides them into the apostolic ministry. Acts chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Now in the church that was at Antioch, and, and Antioch was a really cool church. They had all five ministry offices functioning there at the Antioch church. But remember, even if it's a pastor 
who is the head of that church. It doesn't matter if you're a prophet. It doesn't matter if you're an apostle. If that church is pastored by that man and you go into that man's church, you are underneath him. You can't say, well, I'm an apostle. An apostle outranks a pastor or something like that. Therefore, I'm going to go in and dominate your church. No, you, you can't do that. You can't walk into somebody else's house and start telling somebody else how to run their house. That's their house. And I think that would really help a lot of people to understand spiritual protocol. If you go into that pastor's church, it's the pastor that is in charge. Now, some pastors, if you look closely, they're actually functioning as apostles. How do you, how do you uh, differentiate that, Pastor Stephen? Well, by the anointing, by the grace, by the authority that's on their life. And usually it's apostles that raise up churches not pastors. Pastors can be assigned uh, to take over a church or to shepherd the flock. But when you're looking at new churches being planted, churches being started up, really that's apostolic in nature. Okay, let's jump back to what we're talking about, uh, about apostles being men and women that must be very mature in their calling. And then oftentimes after years of training and development, then God moves them into the apostles office. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Uh, by the way, this might interrupt the theology of those that are going around passing out a cards, business cards that says apostle so-and-so. If you have to pass out a card, if your identity is in the card, then you're, uh, if you see people doing that, they're probably not apostles. <laughs> a, a true apostle doesn't need a card, okay? And remember, it's not in the title. And it's okay to give the person the title, uh, the honor that's due. But it... Uh, it's not in the title. It's in the empowerment, uh, the empowerment of God. It's in the equipment, the supernatural equipment that God gives to a person to stand in that office. It's not about having a business card that says an apostle or going around, you know, saying I'm an apostle. No, it's not in the title. It's not in the card. It's in the gift that God has given that individual. And that's something that only God can do something that only God can do. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Okay, so notice that. Prophets and teachers. Prophets and teachers only. Prophets and teachers. Now they do move on into the apostolic, but these are prophets and teachers. Here they are. There's five of them. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now watch this. Watch, watch what happens to this group of five as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Don't ever forget the Lord likes to receive ministry. Don't ever get so caught up on ministering to others that you never minister to the person who's the most important. That would be the Lord. You need to have special times like that where you just pull back, you have your own little retreat, and you minister to the Lord. Okay? So they got apart and they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. This, my friends, is when Barnabas and, uh, and Paul are launched into what we know as apostolic ministry. Up until this point, these guys, you're looking at prophets and teachers. Paul already standing in a dual ministry office of prophet and teacher, but some are just prophets. 
maybe in other words, just a teacher. You have some that are like Paul already operating in prophet and teacher. But at this point, after special prayer and fasting and supernatural intervention and guidance of the Holy Spirit, they are launched into a new level of ministry. And this is where the apostolic ministry of Paul and Barnabas is now semen it. And they're going out with a new anointing. So the apostolic ministry is not developed overnight. It takes time. It takes time. And maybe a person has been in the teaching office. And then maybe they move in the pastoral. And then maybe they go out on the field ministry and they become an itinerant minister and they move into an evangelistic type ministry, which is often a roving ministry. You're, you're moving. Or maybe it's uh, now moving into prophetic ministry, which is often, often a ministry that has wheels underneath it, or, or, or in the sense you're traveling a whole lot, you're on the plane a whole lot. You see that with the prophetic ministry. But my friends, there's also the moving eventually into those who are faithful and called into the apostolic ministry. And so that's actually what happened right there to Paul and Barnabas. By the way, Barnabas at this point is the senior statesman among the two. You see that Barnabas is the leader, but God had a special plan for Paul. And eventually it took some time. Uh, there were some challenges. There was even a separation as they went in different direction. But Paul's ministry became much, much more international it, it uh, i mean this he had a he had a call he had an anointing that was going to go further than what barnabas was and barnabas was a great guy and god was using barnabas as well but my friends god had some more plans some further plans for saul whose name of course was changed to paul praise god Praise God forever. So there can be expansion. There can be expansion. You know, the story of how the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International was launched is really fascinating because it was launched out of, out of a vision that Demas Shakarian had decades back in the 50s, early 50s, in which he was on a carpet, kneeled down on a carpet there at his house praying when God took him up in the spirit and showed him a vision. By the way, I've actually seen that carpet. A friend of mine said, he said, Stephen, I laid on that carpet and, and I prayed nothing ever happened to me. I said, well, brother, the carpet's not going to cut the mustard. You're, it's the calling. <laughs> it's not the carpet, it's the calling. <laughs> and you have, you have to respond to the calling, praise God. But nevertheless, what a lot of people don't know is that on that same night, that Demas Shakarian had that supernatural vision. He also had a minister stay in his house whose name was Tommy Hicks. And that night, Tommy Hicks was just completing a 40-day water fast, and he had a visitation in another room in the house in which he was praying, and an angel came to him. Now watch this. An angel came to Tommy Hicks, who had been functioning in evangelistic ministry, and an angel came to him and said, you're supposed to go preach the gospel down in Venezuela. And he thought, you know, I, I, I don't know anybody in Venezuela, uh, but, you know, he's got an angel standing there telling him to do that. But it was out of that experience, out of that encounter that he had from God's messenger angel that he moved into apostolic ministry. And when he went down there, he began to move in vital signs, wonders, 
and miracles. Those are always the trademark of an apostolic ministry, signs, wonders, and miracles. I need to say it again, signs, wonders, and miracles. And, you know, even, even Tommy Hicks said when he was flying down there, he was on the airplane, he's thinking, I don't even know anybody, but I'm going under divine guidance, divine direction. Mm. See, look, a sent one, an apostle is a sent one. And the Holy Spirit told him on the airplane, you're going to meet a man named Perone. And he thought, I, I don't know anybody. I certainly don't know anybody named Perone. And the flight stewardess was walking down the aisle of the airplane. And he said, ma'am, is, is there anybody in Argentina named Perone? She said, well, of course, our prime minister. Okay, so through signs, wonders, and great miracles that came out of his ministry, he was allowed to meet the president, the prime minister of the country. And Mr. Perone was in a place where he had so withdrawn from public view because of a horrible skin disease that was incurable that he wouldn't even allow the journalists, the photographers, to take his photograph because of the disfigurement, because of the skin disease. Well, when Tommy Hicks prayed for one of the bodyguards, one of the security, and that man received an instant miracle, then it was reported to the president, there is a man that has a miracle ministry. And so Perone uh, had a meeting with him. Tommy Hicks prayed for him, and, and the president was healed immediately of his skin condition. Now, that, that, that's apostolic. See, that's sent by God. Do you understand the difference? Because you could say, well, I want to go. I can do the same thing. But you send yourself. If you send yourself, you go with your own power, your own ability. And if look, if God's on it, he's on it. But if he does not send you, then you go on your own. See, there is a great difference between God sending you and you sending yourself. Okay, so that's what an apostolic ministry is. It's a ministry. It's a man or woman sent by God. Okay, maybe to a local area, maybe to a region, maybe to a nation like Tommy Hicks was, or maybe to nations where you're just literally hopping around nations and you are impacting nations. And there are quite a few rock solid great apostles who are touching nations with their ministry. By the way, some of them don't even go by the title of apostle uh, because, because sometimes it can be a detriment. I know here in America that with my ministry, uh, a lot of people refer to me as pastor because because here in the states the pastoral ministry is very well accepted and most people look at a shepherd as being a pastor and they're not even familiar with apostolic ministry and if you go by the title apostle they don't even know what that is. So, you know, if you say apostle, and I've been places, I've talked to countless people, they don't even know what an apostle is. They've never even heard of it before. So sometimes it's just easier to go as pastor. That way they know, in a sense, at least you're a man of God, right? A man or woman of God who's about the things of God. If you if you give some titles, uh, you've already lost them. So if you're trying to be more generalized and reach people, sometimes you just dial it down a little bit in identification just so you can catch more people or more speak to people. But the main thing is, I know who I am in the Lord. That's all that matters is really, you know who you are. You know your gift, you know, you know your assignment, you know your calling, and you just stay good at that. You don't you don't have to get hung up on the fact uh, of the identification from external. Because remember, apostle, prophet, evangel, evangelist, pastor, teacher, 
they're all ministry office titles, okay? They are valid offices, but the name is in title only. It's like saying uh, Apostle Stephen Brooks or Plumber Stephen Brooks or Dentist Stephen Brooks. It's a job description of what? An, uh, an assignment of what they do, okay? So, you know, I, I don't necessarily have to have the title. The main thing is you do the work, and the fruit will give evidence of really what the job is that the person is doing. If you if you look at that person's life and you see they're fixing teeth all day long and people are having uh, uh, beautiful smiles made and white teeth, oh, that person's a dentist, okay? If you look over here and you see people, you see a man or woman getting people saved over and over and over, oh, that's an evangelist, okay? Very easy to identify these types of things. But my friends, apostle, an apostle, Signs, wonders, miracles. Signs, wonders, miracles. What, what I'm going to teach you, I think, will alleviate some frustration. And I, I, I know what it's like. I, I've been there myself. I remember decades back, I went to a meeting needing a miracle with a very famous television minister that was going to be speaking at the church, okay? So he's coming to this particular church, and I said, I'm going to go to that meeting because I want God to do a miracle in my life. And I, I went to the meeting, and not one single miracle took place. I, I'm not, not just for me, for anybody. Was I disappointed? Well, I was. I'm not sure what the others were coming for. I mean, the, the, the man of God gave a good talk. He gave a good talk. And then after he was done, you know, they received an offering for his ministry, and he's doing a good work. And then he left. Didn't pray for one single person. Not one single miracle happened in the whole place. You got a couple thousand people there. And I think a lot of people kind of left happy. But I think there were some of us that were just like, that's it? You you just come and you, you give a nice talk and that's it? Well, it's a nice talk. Make, makes people feel better and stuff like that. That's cool. But I went home frustrated. I thought, well, Lord, I, I came to that meeting prayed up. I'm hungry. I wanted to see signs and wonders and miracles. And the Lord talked to me and said, he said, you don't understand the, the difference between the five ministry offices. I said, well, Lord, what do you mean I don't understand? He said, you're expecting something out of him that he cannot produce. It, it's like you have a tooth problem and you're going to the eye doctor. And you go over to the eye doctor and you say, I'm expecting you to deal with my tooth problem. He can't. That's not his area. That's not his specialty. So that's what I was bumping up against. And I said, okay. I said, Lord, I see it. He can't, he can't do that. And the Lord said, no, he doesn't flow in that. The Lord said, he is my servant. He's a wonderful man. He's doing a wonderful, uh, wonderful good because he blesses the body of Christ. But if, you, if you're looking for signs, wonders, and miracles, you're not going to find it in his ministry because he's not an apostle. He doesn't, he doesn't flow in that. That's why, that's why if you have certain needs, you need, to know, you need to know how to connect. I received an email just uh, this past week, and a, dear, a very a dear ministry partner said, said, Pastor Stephen, when are you going to come back to our city? Because we miss you, and we miss the anointing that's in your life, because our city has wonderful speakers come through wonderful ministers come through, but she said none of them operate in signs, wonders, and miracles. 
But she said, you do. And she was like, we really need what you have because you operate. Uh, when you show up, miracles happen in people's lives. Signs, wonders, and miracles. And she, she's saying, we, like, we would like for you to come back to the city. Because the other guys and gals that come in, they have wonderful ministries. But you can't, you can't get over into miracle ministry without moving into the apostolic, okay? And so that's, that's something that will help you. Now, you will see a lot of prophets that have a dual anointing in the sense they can operate in prophetic gifts and they may even have healing gifts manifested. And that's, that's normal. You see that with the ministry office of Elisha, a prophet, yet he had a healing ministry. Naaman the leper was healed. And you certainly see it in the Lord's ministry. Uh, you, you also see the evangelist, ideally, biblically speaking, an evangelist should be operating in miracles because they're dealing with the lost. And the lost need miracles. They need validation of the gospel message. So that often follows the evangelist. But if, if you're needing like breakthroughs and things like that, then you need to have connection with apostolic ministry. Praise the Lord, because that's that's the strength of that ministry. That's the strength of the thumb. When when you look at power lifters, if you watch the Olympics, and you know you can a lot of uh, the people that are not involved in it, that you don't catch the small details. But if you watch power lifting, you will notice that the 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 men and the women that lift the heavy weights over their head, they use a special grip in which the thumb, which is the strongest finger on the hand, the thumb comes underneath and performs a certain locking grip. Why do they do that? Because if they lock it like that, they can lift a heavier weight. Because look, if you're lifting over 500 pounds over your head, that's a lot of, um, you're pulling a lot of weight on the fingers, so you've got to have that special locking grip, and a lot of that depends on the strength of the thumb. It's going to it's going to bear a lot of that weight. So I'm just sharing with you that it is the apostolic ministry that breaks through. Praise God! And if you need miracles, if you need miracles, then you need to have exposure to apostolic ministry, and. There is great development put into any valid apostle. They don't just spring up overnight. It takes years, sometimes uh, uh, even a couple of decades sometimes, for an apostolic ministry to come forth and to come into its beauty and its strength and a very, very strong anointing. And so God makes rich deposits into this ministry calling. Now, let me show you something that is a characteristic of apostolic ministry that maybe you weren't aware of. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1. Paul said, Am I not an apostle, a special sent one? Okay. Am I not free? Watch this. Have I not seen Jesus Christ, our Lord? I've never met an apostle in my life who has not seen the Lord face to face in a vision. Okay. I have never met a fully functioning, valid apostle who has not had an impersonal encounter, a visitation from the Lord. Because what that does in the life of an apostle is that they have to be able to have seen the Lord because it establishes the calling so deep and so strong, more so than the other four ministry offices, because an apostle will go through hell. An apostle will go through things that are beyond the scope 
of what maybe even a pastor will ever experience. An apostle will go through things that can be so difficult that a teacher may never experience. Therefore, it requires a very, very deeply rooted experience with the Lord, where that apostle, whether it's a man or woman, has had a direct encounter with the Lord, where the Lord validates the call. Hallelujah. Because there can come things that are so difficult. Remember, the Lord appeared to the Apostle Paul. There, uh, You can read it in the latter half of the book of Acts several times in visions. And one vision, Jesus came to Paul and said, Paul, don't be afraid. You would think, oh, not Paul. Oh, Pastor Stephen, Paul would never have a fear problem. Well, then why would, why would the Lord waste energy and words by saying, Paul, don't be afraid? No, Paul, even with the mighty apostolic grace on his life, I mean, he was under the gun. He's facing heat, persecution, and trouble from all directions, and that fear was trying to come on him, and the Lord said, Paul, do not be afraid. That's why the Lord grants those encounters to apostles, because they can experience things from the enemy that are so diabolical that if one person ever stood in the shoes of such a man or woman, they would just melt. They may think they could handle it, but they have no idea of the pressure and the, the um, deluge of the flood of evil that the enemy directs against such a person like that. So it really does take something special. It takes a special calling because they will go through difficult periods in their, their ministry. And Paul said, are you not my work in the Lord? Speaking uh, of the church there in Corinth, if I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless, I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. So there's, there's fruit. Sometimes the grace of church planting is often in the life of an apostle. I have a friend of mine who has started over 3,000 churches. Okay, so, so look, you can't fake stuff like this. You can't say, well, I'm an apostle, but there's no fruit anywhere that there's no signs wonders miracles following there there's nothing just a business card see that that won't fly <laughs> well i can do what they do well where's the where's the evidence see see what i'm saying so that there is valid supernatural equipment that god gives to a man or woman to stand in any one of the five-fold ministry offices but my friend he started over three thousand churches and he he has a a plan of God of how to do it. He has he has a structure. He has a methodology. That's why they called John Wesley the founder of the Methodist Church. That uh, they called him a man of of methodology. That's why it's called the Methodist. They had a method. He had an apostolic method of not just seeing people saved, but getting them plugged into a church structure where they can grow and mature in the Lord. Technically, if you go back to his day back there in England, go back in time, you know, almost 200 years when Whitefield was preaching, Whitefield was winning people by the thousands. I, I, he would speak to sometimes crowds of 30,000 people at once with no electrical PA system. I mean, this guy had a voice that was just thunderous, but yet 
John Wesley was more unique in that he wasn't just evangelistic where he was getting them saved like Whitefield, but he's also apostolic because he's like, we've got to do something with them once they do receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. We are now responsible for raising them up and, and getting them into the Word, getting them established, getting them strong in Christ. So he, he took it further. See, it's not just about the harvest. It's what do you do once you have a harvest? You've got to be able to take care of the wheat that's in the field, get it into the barns, and properly take care of it. A lot of work, a lot of work involved, and that's where you need the apostle. The apostle knows how to put things in order. Paul told Timothy, when I come, I'll put things in order. It's just an apostolic nature. It's administrative, but it's not just the, it's not just administration. It's apostolic that also has the ability to op- operate in a very unique administrative way. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, my friends, one of the things that will help alleviate frustration is knowing the variations between the five ministry offices. Because if you need something, if you if you need to get saved, if you have somebody that you know that's, that's not born again, look, look, that person needs an evangelist. Okay, get him into the evangelistic meetings. There will be an evangelistic anointing. Uh, he will preach a message uh, the, the, that will glorify the Lord, and it will explain to them the salvation message. And there will be thousands and thousands of angels in that service that are directly re, uh, involved in evangelistic ministry. So, what does the lost person need? They need the evangelist ministry. Okay, get them to the evangelist. Now, I'm I'm saved. And, uh, you know, I, I'm born again. I, I don't really need to hear over and over the ministry uh, teaching of an evangelist or the preaching, I should say, of an evangelist. Why? I've already been evangelized. Praise God, right? But his, his ministry will always be needed. Why? Because there's always going to be people that are lost. Praise God. So we need all five. Sometimes people think, well, we don't need this one. No, no, no. To actually say something like that would actually be somebody saying they think they know more than Jesus does. Because Jesus gave these five ministry gifts to the church. So we need all five. And by the way, back there in Ephesians 4, he actually told you for how long we will need them. Oh, and when you see his outline of how long uh, these will be around, oh, they'll definitely be around till he comes back. Because he gave the the job description of what they do and the description is just ongoing all the way until the Lord's return. But my friends, it's good to see the different graces and the different gifts. You need all five and it's the ministry specifically of the apostle that operates in the evidence of signs, wonders, and miracles. As we see in second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, let's look at this very quickly today. Truly the signs, okay, of an apostle. Look, look, an apostle has signs. A prophet has signs. A prophet, a prophet's ministry is primarily going to function in the revelation gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, and prophecy, okay? Those gifts are just the package. They're the equipment that goes along with the prophet's ministry. If you go to a prophet uh, you, you know, you're going to be able to get a prophecy. Praise God. You're going to be able to get the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's, it's fun. I love prophets. Praise God. I've operated in prophets ministry for years. And, and that's kind of how 
you know, I cut my teeth in sense with full-time ministry because even before I was in full-time ministry, I was still preaching and teaching all the time. I started as a teacher, just teaching, teaching any open door I'd teach. And it just got busier and busier and busier. But eventually God moved me into the prophetic ministry. I'd even had done evangelistic ministry before that. Can you believe that? I used to do that as well. I loved it. And also have pastored the, what we'd call traditional, uh, you know, brick and mortar type building with, with church members. And I'm still shepherding today. I'm still pastoring today. I'll be here for you every Sunday morning, every Wednesday morning with a fresh message just for you. But the apostolic dimension also keeps me going also keeps me running to the nations and I'm happy to do all I can for the Lord and for his people. That's you praise God. So verse 12, the signs of an apostle, an apostle has signs that validate his ministry and identify his calling and what it is that he does. Truly the signs of, of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Okay, so those three things, signs, wonders, mighty deeds. What are signs? Signs are supernatural directional guide points or guideposts that point people to the Lord, but they're supernatural. If you drive down the road and you see a sign and it says, turn here to get on the, on the interstate, that is a guide. That is a direction to help you get to where you're supposed to go. Where an apostle functions in supernatural signs. And I have those supernatural signs by God's grace in my ministry. And it really helps people because when those signs come forth, what do they do? They show people what they're supposed to do. That's the Holy Spirit moving showing God's people signs, direction that they're supposed to take in their life so they can uh, complete the calling, the assignment that God has. Okay, so there's signs and wonders. What are wonders? Wonders are supernatural manifestations of God that really when they come forth, they, they leave people in wonderment. And people are like, what was that? I wasn't quite sure if I could wrap my brain around what I just saw, what I just experienced. Uh, that was amazing. What was that? Okay, see, that's a wonder. It, it leaves people in a sense of wonderment, praise God, of the glory of God, of the majesty of God, of meditating on the breakthrough moment that just happened. See, that's, that's the wonder of God. That is a supernatural empowerment of the Lord validating any apostles ministry will be validated with signs and wonders and mighty deeds. When we first launched the internet ministry eight years ago, and we've been streaming on the internet for over eight years now. So when we first launched it with fear and trembling, wonder if, if it's going to work, wondering if anybody will even watch, well, I'm streaming and you know, I, it was at nighttime there was some snow that prohibited to me from getting to the office. So from instead of streaming from the office, I actually streamed the message from my house. And, you know, me and Kelly thought, well, let's put a picture behind me so that it doesn't look like I'm, I'm really like sitting in my house. Let's kind of make it look nice. So we took a picture and put it behind me. It was a, it was a, it was a God moment. The, the picture was a, and we've got the picture here in the, uh, in the uh, studio. If you ever visit us here in Mooresville, you'll see that picture. The picture is a man at the Western Wall blowing a shofar. 
okay, and you see his back, and you see a rabbi standing next to him praying, okay, it's an oil painting, when I say a picture, it's an oil painting, so I had that oil painting behind me, it's a very large painting, well, I start streaming, okay, I'm, I'm preaching, and I'm teaching, and suddenly, uh, people are responding on the online chat, and they're saying, uh, uh, Pastor Stephen, you better look, you better look online and look what's happening. This is amazing. Pastor Stephen, what was it? There on that oil painting, the Lord's face appeared. I'm, I mean, it was incredible. His eyes, his forehead, his nose, the face of the Lord Jesus appeared on that oil painting looking at the people, looking straight over my shoulder the whole time I preached for over an hour, for over an hour and a half. He was there. And that was a, that was a wonder. It was a sign and a wonder. It was a sign saying what? Keep on going with the internet ministry. You'll touch the world with the internet ministry. And it was a wonder. I mean, it stunned people. And we went back and played it back. And it's, it was there on film, the Lord's face. It didn't move, didn't go anywhere. I mean, it would it would move a little bit in the sense he's looking at you. But when I say it didn't move, when we went back and watched it, it's still there. I mean, just absolutely a wonder. It was incredible. It stunned people that, that saw it. It was an amazing moment. Okay. So the apostles ministry, you have signs, you have wonders and you have mighty deeds, not just good deeds. And that, there's a place for that. Not just nice deeds, but with the apostolic ministry, you get over into the miracles. Glory. There is a difference between a healing and a miracle. Okay, the miracle, uh, the miracles are a different dimension. It is a completely different anointing. It's a totally different flow from healing to miracles. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Lord, we thank you. Praise the Lord. I think these things will help you when you have certain needs to know where the contact is at. Praise God. Glory. Lord, we praise you today. Now, very quickly, Acts chapter 15, Acts chapter 15, because the apostolic ministry is so deep that I can never cover it and do justice to it, really, in just one one short message. There's way too much to it, but we can just look at a few things. Acts chapter 15, praise God. That's Actually, that's not the one I'm looking for. I want to go to Acts chapter 5, praise God. Let's jump over there, Acts chapter 5. I believe that the apostolic ministry will touch you, the anointing, of the apostolic ministry will touch you this week and you will experience a breakthrough and go through where you have not gone through before in an area of your life the anointing of the apostolic will touch you this week and you will see yourself go through into new uncharted territory Acts 5 verse 12 and through the hands of the apostles okay through the apostolic ministry Many signs and wonders were done among the people. So it goes hand in hand with apostolic ministry. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Praise God. You know, I remember years back, I had an unusual experience happen to me, and this would have been in the year 2004. 
And before then, I had already been operating in prophetic ministry for, for several years, staying very, very active in prophetic ministry. I, I, I mean, when I say, you know, active in prophetic ministry, I would go, you know, speak at a church and, you know, the pastor would say, now, after, after uh, you know, Brother Stephen is done preaching, he's going to prophesy over every single person. And I would. I mean, he would say that. And I, and, and so after I get done preaching, they'd line everybody up. And maybe there's 200 people. And I would, I would prophesy over every single person. Now, you understand that when I'm operating in the prophet's ministry, I can always give a word of prophecy, which is a word of edification, exhortation, and comfort. So I can always get something from the Lord to build up that person. Now, I, I can't always go like, how can we say deep on everybody? But you know, as, I, as I'm going down the line prophesying over people, I can hit, you know, pretty consistently the deeper things. I can, I could grab the words of knowledge, the supernatural words of wisdom. I could, I can, I, now I can almost always get into the zerning of spirits that flows with me. Just oh, that's like my constant friend, the Holy Spirit flowing through me uh, with discerning the spirits. That's that now is just par for the course. It all is always in my life. Okay, so that that prophetic gift grew and it expanded. But I remember in the year 2004, I had an unusual experience because I was at my house praying and I'd gone to the back of the house to the bedroom and the bedroom had a double glass door that looked directly into the backyard. And I had I had that glass door open uh, from the, from the sense that the blinds were pushed back, and I could look right into the backyard. And my wife and daughter uh, they were not there that day. I was all by myself, and I had been praying for a couple hours on my knees. And when I was completing my prayer time, I noticed something out of the corner of my eye, and it looked like a big wing. And I turned to see what it was, and a huge hawk flew right into the backyard and landed on top of the swing. And he was a red-tailed hawk. I could see the back of his feathers come down in that beautiful uh, red on the end of his feathers. And he took one of his wings, and he just put it out just like that. I mean, I could see his talons wrapped around the top of the swing. And he took his wing, and he just put it out like he was extending it out to me. And he's, like, screeching this screaming noise that they're able to make and he was and he just pulled pulled his wing in like that like it looked like he was trying to say to me come into this and it it kind of in a really good way shook me up i was like i've never had anything like that happen to me before and i grew up out in the country saw hawks all the time but i've never in the middle of a city in the middle of a concrete jungle uh i never saw anything like that before and we were living in long beach california at that time and it startled me to see this majestic creature that close, just a few feet away. I could see him just, you know, put that wing out and, you know, screeching at me and just bringing that wing in. And then he flew off after he felt I had got the message. Okay, he flies away. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what that was about, but I sensed there was a prophetic symbolism to that. And I don't know what you're trying to tell me, but it seemed like you were using that animal to try to tell me, come into this, come into it. And I prayed about it. I prayed about it for 10 days. It was about about 10 days, and I just couldn't get the revelation. I, but I, I felt I was going to get it, but I hadn't tapped it yet. I hadn't broken the code yet. 
So it came time for me to go to another meeting engagement. Uh, this time I was speaking in Las Vegas. So I went to Las Vegas and uh, I got there a few days early before uh, Sunday. And I'm spending time at the pastor's house with he and his wife. And me and Kelly are up late talking to the pastor and his wife, you know, just kind of catching up on things. And I, and I just kind of threw this out there to him because uh, he was an apostle. And at this time I'm operating in prophetic ministry. I said, hey, uh, I said, I had the most unusual experience happen where this hawk came, landed just a few feet away from me, stuck his wing out to me like this, and just kind of like motioned to come into this. And I, I felt it was of the Lord that God was trying to speak through me through this natural act that something about it was symbolic. And I can't, I can't understand what it meant. He goes, oh, he goes, oh, brother, you don't know what that means? I said, no, I've been praying for uh, every day for about 10 days, trying to figure out what it means, trying to get insight from the Lord. He goes, oh, brother, he said, the hawk represents the apostolic. God's trying to call you into the apostolic ministry. I said, I, I said, well, where's that at in the Bible? You know, where at, where at in the Bible is a hawk, you know, pictured in, in the apostolic? Not, I, I've never read that in my life. He goes, oh, brother, he said, I, he said Isaiah chapter 46, verse 11. I said, really? He goes, oh, yes. He, he goes, turn over there. So he, we had our Bibles close to us, and we go to uh, the prophet Isaiah. Okay, let's just go there right now. You need to see this, praise God. Isaiah chapter 46, and we went, we went to uh, verse, verse 11. Isaiah 46, verse 11. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel. One translation says, the man who carries out my plan. In other words, this is a man who's sent by me to carry out an assignment that I have given him to do. It's apostolic in nature. Okay? The man who executes my counsel from a far country. Now, this apostle pointed out to me that when it says calling a bird of prey, bird of prey there in the original Hebrew is the word ayit, A-Y-I-T, and it means in the Hebrew a hawk. Okay, so the hawk represents the person who's called by God with a specific assignment to carry out a specific plan. It is a prophetic foreshadowing of the apostolic ministry that we now have in the New Testament. Old Testament, you only had one ministry office. New Testament, you've got five, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And here we have typology or prophetic symbolism of the apostolic ministry before it even was functioning in the earth at that time. Praise God. The apostle, a sent one to declare a specific message, to operate signs, wonders, and miracles, to be sent to a specific area. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Signs, wonders, and miracles. And it was during that season of my life that God began to introduce me to the apostolic ministry. And it didn't happen overnight. Uh, 
It didn't really begin the shift until years and years and years later. It takes time. It takes time. And so what began to happen over that decade was God just began to fill out the prophetic ministry. I kept traveling in prophetic ministry all over the nation and kept getting uh, more advanced in the gifts that go along with the prophetic ministry office. But the whole time, God's still doing things to allow the cooking to come forth for the apostolic ministry. Remember, the apostle Paul went off into the wilderness after his conversion experience, he went off into the wilderness and studied for over a decade and was equipped and prepared by God for apostolic ministry. And even before he was ever placed in apostolic ministry, he was operating in the ministry offices of prophet and teacher. That's why you see in Acts 13, the time and the season of his life when he was launched into the apostolic ministry. Praise God. My friends, we vitally need all five ministry offices in the church. If you don't have exposure to all five of them, something absolutely will be deficient in your life. Why? Because it's like, it's like you're not getting the right vitamins. If you, you could get all the other vitamins, but if you don't get vitamin C, you're going to get this yucky thing called scurvy because you, you need it. Look, you need vitamin C. You need vitamin D. You need vitamin K. If you're not getting enough sunlight, those, those vitamins are depleted. You're, you're going to get sick. My friends, you need all five. You need the apostle. You need the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher in your life. You need exposure to all five. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for the marvelous way that you have created the body. We give you praise. We thank you, Father, that Jesus, upon his ascension into heaven, gave gifts to men, five ministry offices, that the church might be blessed and that the world might see the Lord Jesus Christ in his glory from the perspective of being seen through these ministry gifts and through the body as well. So, Father, we thank you. We embrace all five today with special emphasis on the teaching of the apostolic because so many don't have proper understanding of this vital ministry office. We thank you, Father, for this particular ministry office today. We celebrate it in the church. We embrace it. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Now, let me share this. There are certain denominations that send out missionaries. Did you ever notice the word missionary is nowhere in the Bible? Those that usually are functioning in the office or the role of a missionary are actually functioning in the apostolic ministry. Sometimes they don't even know that, but that's what a sent one is. Well, we're going to send a missionary out. We're going to send the missionary to an area where the gospel's ever been preached. My, my friends, that's apostolic. That has all the that has all of the, you know, the ingredients of an apostolic ministry. And many times, many times within churches, even denominations that do not believe in tongues, do not believe in miracles, do not believe in, uh, you know, what we would call the charismatic manifestations of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, 
those denominations and their headquarters might not believe it, but those missionaries out on the foreign field, almost all of them believe it. Why? Because they know you can't have the good results unless you get over into the power of the Spirit and you begin to operate in signs, wonders, miracles. Because why? The unbelievers, they need that, especially in areas where it's real hard plowing. I mean, intellectualism will not cut the mustard. You can, you can, you can speak fluent Greek. You can speak Hebrew. You can, you can intellectualize to them. And you can have a degree, uh, a PhD in, in uh, theology and all that stuff's wonderful, but you can't get them with your intellectual ability. You have to get them with the power of the spirit, the message of the cross, and there must be miracles. That's why. That's why many times you'll see it, you'll see missionaries actually operating. Most missionaries are actually functioning in the role, the calling, the assignment, the office of an apostle. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Father, we just thank you. Father, we thank you for the apostolic grace you put on this ministry and for every church member, every every ministry partner, every friend. Let apostolic grace touch your people. Let it touch your people. In Jesus' name, Father, I just sense in my heart it's time for your people to have a breakthrough, a new anointing, a new breakthrough. Let the apostolic grace come to them now. Let it come to them now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for a breakthrough. Now shout and say it's mine. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. Praise the Lord. Let's take communion together. Glory to God. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice, and let's take holy communion together. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Father, we praise you. We bless this. We consecrate this. This is now the flesh and the blood of our Savior, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. Father, let your people know where they need to go for specific needs, knowing that you put specific gifts in the body. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus, how he is so wise to place the gifts as he knows best. Father, we thank you. And Father, we thank you that it wouldn't make any sense for everybody to be in the ministry because then nobody else is doing uh, what they're supposed to do. Then we wouldn't have any doctors or chemists and we wouldn't have any uh, people making cars or whatever the case might be. So Father, we thank you for everybody in their calling, everybody functioning in their gifting and anointing. Father, we praise you. Hallelujah. We praise you. Father, we receive the body of Christ now. We thank you for his marvelous wisdom. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's receive. You know, it's the apostolic ministry in a unique way that requires a lot of sacrifice from the perspective of you can't get around not laying your life down if you want that that anointing to flow. It really does call for total surrender. 
Glory to God. I mean, even Peter said to the Lord, he said, Lord, we've given up everything. We've left all literally for you. And, you know, there's an element of the apostolic where if you're not willing to do anything and go anywhere and lay everything down for the Lord, you can't really, you can't really come into an apostolic grace because those 12 drop everything dropped it all. I mean, I'm talking, leave the boat and walk away from it. Leave the nets, walk away from your business. I'm talking totally walk away from your business, walk away from anything, walk away from, you know, and do what God told you. I mean, there is that element. If God told you to move tomorrow to a foreign nation, a missionary will say yes. An apostle will say yes. Others will say, hmm. Uh, I love you, Lord. I, I don't think I want to participate in that program. <laughs> so take it, it, that's why, again, going back to that First Corinthians nine, anybody that's a genuine apostle will have seen the Lord. Why? It's just it's a it's a it's a price to pay. That it, it, the grace goes with it. The grace goes with it, but it doesn't mean that it's not that it doesn't require great great um, sacrifice. I know what it's like to pack everything into our storage unit and walk away from all of your possessions except for just a few things that you can take with you. I've done it. I've done it to where all of our stuff has been packed away for years. I'm talking every piece of furniture, everything we owned to the point that years later when God did allow us to take it out of storage, I, I, I'd look at Kelly and, and think, you know, I didn't even know we had that. I, I We've been gone so long and have been you know, out of this loop for so long, I didn't even remember that we had one of those. And Kelly was like the same way. Yeah, we, we haven't functioned even with some what people call basics for so long. We even forgot we had one of those. Praise God. Well, you know what? It's a very interesting ministry office. I pray that you know more about it and that God connect your heart to the apostolic flow because it's, it's very, very beautiful. Praise the Lord. Very, it's a it's a it's a surrendered life. That's something that you need to connect with. Praise God, Hallelujah! And I I feel that if you have some apostolic connections, you will you will see that better modeled before you, and that will really help you. Look, look we're all transient. We're all passing through. Even if you live to be a hundred and ten, you, you're still going to eventually leave this planet and go to to glory to be with the Lord. So. You need to make your life count. There needs to be an element of a life laid down for his glory. And I think the apostles can model that for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think for some of you, you maybe you've had a, a few closer than you thought. You maybe just have looked at that person in the wrong light. Some of you, some of uh, that, that you love my ministry. I might not be your weekly pastor. Maybe you go to a church, but you might be thinking, I wonder if that person is an apostle. Very well could be praise God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, that we are one church. Hallelujah. Even as Israel, Israel Father, had 12 tribes, but still they're one nation. We have so much diversity, so much beauty in the body of Christ, but we're still one church through his shed blood. Father, we now receive the blood of Christ. We celebrate all five ministry offices as fully functioning fully empowered by your spirit. We thank you, Father God, for this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we give you glory and praise. We thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. We drink it. And thank you for your marvelous wisdom of God.
We give you praise in Jesus' name. Let's receive. Praise God. Praise God. Every denomination, and I'm not saying God's in the, to uh, what we would call denominations, because uh, sometimes they can seem a little bit like uh, separated unto themselves. And I, I, but you know what? If you look closely, though, every great move of God, every great work of God, any great denomination, when I, when I say denomination, anything that's been raised up, you'll always notice that those were apostles that raised those up. Whether it's Foursquare Church with Amy Simply McPherson, she was an apostle. Absolutely. Those, those churches are flourishing today. She's been off the planet for decades, but yet that beautiful denomination continues to go on. Why? Raised up by the Lord. That, that denomination will be here till Jesus comes back, flourishing and doing well. Church of God in Christ, Charles Harrison Mason, a great apostle of God, raised that, that denomination up. The Lord even told him the name, raise it up and call it the Church of God in Christ. And he heard the Lord speak that to him. He was faithful to do it. And it's all over the world today. And a beautiful, beautiful stream within the body of Christ. So whether it's Assemblies of God, or whether it's Southern Baptist, or whether it's the Methodist, or whether it's the Presbyterian, look at the roots. All of the, all of the origins, they are all apostolic. They were all raised up by apostles. That's why those, they're still here today. Praise God. There's, there's a couple of churches actually in India that were founded by Thomas the Apostle, and they're still functioning today. How about that one? <laughs> so the main thing is the Lord's church. It's the Lord's church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Praise God. And, and the body of Christ all over the world in its various beautiful streams. It will be flourishing. It will be healthy and strong until Jesus comes back. Why? It's apostolic in nature. It's the, it's the apostles and prophets that Christ builds it upon. Praise God. But all five are needed. You've got to have all five, or there will be weaknesses in certain areas that will be glaringly uh, inefficient. It's like a bodybuilder who's got huge biceps, well-developed pectoral muscles, uh, and then you look at the calves, and you're like, hey, did you forget to train your legs? Uh, your, your, your symmetry is not there. Okay, so the body of Christ is most beautiful in symmetry when all five are functioning, and all five are still in the earth today. Father, we praise you. Bless your people. Let apostolic anointing touch them now in Jesus' name. Amen. That was just some icing on the cake. Thanks for watching. Have a great week, an apostolic week. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.